welcome to The Stinger, a superfan's guide to everything Marvel, Star Wars, and other nerd entertainment. I'm your host, Trent Neely. Josh Gann couldn't be with us today, but we still got a great uh, episode for you all to listen to today. Joining me on the podcast, he's got his fedora, he's got his leather jacket, he's ready to go on some nice, you know, clean red line map, uh, you know, plane rides to exotic places. That's Joseph Sneed. How we doing? It's not the years, it's the mileage. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, if you could not tell from our little intro there, we are talking about everyone's famous archaeologist, Indiana Jones. Uh, in anticipation of the release of The Dial of Destiny, Joseph and I thought it would be fun to sort of not full-on recap all the four movies, but just sort of talk about the franchise as a whole and talk about sort of our favorite moments and aspects of each of these four movies and why uh, Indiana's been such a strong staple of pop culture all these years. Um, so we're going to do that here today. Um Please um, consider leaving a rate interview, you know, engage us, engage with us online and let us know what you're loving and would love to see from the podcast. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, so, Joseph, before we really dive into any specific movie, what do you think are sort of the characteristics that have made Indiana Jones such a, you know, beloved, popular, money-making franchise, not just at its release, but all these years later, it still is a hunger enough that... Um, you know, people are ready for this fifth movie and even Harrison Ford coming back for one more adventure. Well, I think you hit one of the main reasons there is that people love Harrison Ford. Uh, I think he is kind of integral to the the story and he's been the character for so long that I don't think they're at a point where they could James Bond it and recast. I mean, he's been the character for 40 years now. Um, and he's been great as the character. I mean, if you ask, if you ask him, you know, some of his favorite roles he's played. Indiana Jones is always going to pop up much more than Han Solo, who's probably his most famous um, more than Indiana Jones. But I think his favorite to play is Indiana Jones. You've got kind of the, the old serial callbacks. You've got the iconic, uh, really loud punch noise uh, mm-hmm. when, when Indiana Jones is throwing punches, little situational humor in it. Um, and I think something that you look at with Indiana Jones movies is you just kind of sit and have a fun time with them. It's fun adventure, uh, likable characters. Uh, they throw in some real world history with it, with some archaeology stuff. Uh, but I think it's just your it's your quintessential action movie that, that you look at, like uh, like just a fun 80s action movie. <clears throat> that's also been able to kind of stand the test of time. I mean, you can look at some franchises now, um, probably like mission impossible as kind of like the great American action hero. Uh, but that's Indiana Jones. I've always looked at him as like the American version of a James Bond, like that, that legendary character, um, that everybody knows who it is, but he's like, He's ours. He's like the cowboy James Bond. He's going and doing adventures. Uh, he's not like the nice and proper guy, but he's the like he's he's the everyman. Everybody can be like, oh yeah, I just go out and like dig in the dirt and find cool stuff. And he fights Nazis. Everybody hates Nazis. Like that's like the one thing that most people can agree on, you know, except Nazis. But everybody can say like, hey, those guys suck. And when he punches out Nazis, everybody cheers. 
Yeah, I, I agree with all those things. Um, Harrison Ford, I think, has made it clear that, you know, he he's grateful for his entire career and he's loved a lot of his characters. But yeah, um, I think I think it's very clear that Indiana holds a special place in his heart. Um, and I think and I think the way he plays him of like you're saying, he's 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 an everyman, but also he's not afraid to be like sort of rough and gruff and he can get cranky and kind of get down in the dumps. And, you know, he has he has a lot of multitudes to him. Um and, and yeah, I think, you know, you mentioned Mission Impossible. I really think before that, if you're talking American action movies, I think this franchise has some of the most memorable action set pieces and stunts in, in you know, cinema history with, you know, him going under the truck in Raiders and the boulder at the opening of Raiders and um, the, the tank fight in Last Crusade. There's just so many great little visual storytelling pieces, which Spielberg is such a such a master at. Um <laughs> And, and of course, you got the master himself, John Williams, doing the score for all of these. Um, and, and anytime, you know, John, Johnny W, as he's known, um, is adding some stuff to a movie, it's going to make it real special. And so, yeah, I think I think that's great. And I think, yeah, you noted, too, that the, these movies are just so watchable. Like, you know, I, I've seen Star Wars many times, but I usually if I'm, I'm, I rarely watch watch one Star Wars movie in isolation. It's like, oh, I'm marathoning this once a year or in anticipation of another Star Wars thing. Whereas Indiana Jones, I find myself throwing on Raiders or Last Crusade and um, more than the other two, but definitely those two, you know, randomly just on Saturday afternoons a couple times a year. Um, and they're just so quick and in and out and they move along so well. But yeah, I think I think they're great. And I think that's why people have revisited them for so long and will continue to for a long time. Yeah. So uh, with that said, let's uh, let's dive in and, you know, start going through these movies. So Raiders, the one where it all started. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what's your sort of general overview, Joseph, of this movie and, and, and sort of what are your favorite, you know, moments, scenes, beats? What, what do you think makes it makes it work so well? Well, I think back to it just being a, a fun action adventure movie, you've got the kind of the great mysterious introduction of Indiana Jones in the woods, you know, you kind of see him from behind and then you finally get that turn of the character to the camera. I mean, it, everybody has seen the scene where he runs from the boulder, um, where he switches out the idol for the sand. You know, I think really that opening scene is what sticks with a lot of people when they think of Indiana Jones. I mean, even more so than some of the rest of the movies, just that opening scene in the jungle, um, you know, kind of the Judeo Christian artifact ish stuff, especially, you know, you get the Ark in the first one, of course the Holy Grail in the third one, but you're kind of like, okay, this story is, conceivable which you can kind of say about the first three not so much the fourth one but the kind of the the pseudo believability of it like yeah you know i guess somebody could have gone and found the ark maybe i don't know probably not but it's cool as a story uh, and you have these weird character character quirks of indiana jones like you know it, you're 15 minutes into the movie and you see this action hero. And then he's like petrified when this snake rolls around in the plane mm -hmm. and that carries through the other movies. Um, you know, the bad guys are like, you know, they, they don't try to be something they're not. You get your mustache twirly villains and 
they ham it up and it's really fun. Uh, you get cool sidekicks like Sala and Marion. Um, fun set pieces like in Cairo. Um, and then, of course, the beginning of the movie uh, in the jungle. And I know we'll talk about it later, but my favorite piece of music from Indiana Jones is in Raiders. Mm. Um, I'm scared we have the same one, but uh, yeah, I think I think if you look at Raiders, if you want somebody to see, if, if someone has never seen a movie before, obviously I'd say go watch Star Wars. But I think Indiana Jones would be in that conversation of like, you know what? This is a great movie experience. I've seen Raiders on the big screen a a few years ago, and it was just fun watching the big boulder scene. Like I said, it's that scene is probably the one that sticks the most because it's the one you see everywhere. Um, I think you saw that one. What was it in Chicken Little when uh, they're watching the three D movie and the boulder like blasts through the Mm -hmm. the movie theater? So. uh, yeah, I have a great fondness for Raiders. Um, and obviously, if you've been to Disney World, uh, Raiders is the kind of the backdrop for the Indiana Jones experience. So, mm-hmm. uh, very culturally relevant movie as well. Yeah, I agree with all that stuff. Um, no, it's so great. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned the sort of the, the ominous uh, introduction we get for Indy where like the guy tries to shoot him and he whips the gun out of his hand and he emerges from the shadows with like the gun smoke still hanging in the air. And that's just so great. Um, everything with the idol. Um, yeah, I remember somebody I, a couple of weeks ago, somebody tweeted out that the pace of Raiders is almost hypnotic where there, there's like no lag in that movie whatsoever even the non-action the dialogue heavy stuff moves so well like the scene where the two guys come to recruit uh indy to look for for raiders of the lost ark mm-hmm. um and they're just sitting in like a college classroom is so great because spielberg just lets it play out mostly as like one long take where um you know indy and marcus are doing a huge amount of exposition which usually is very grating and boring but it somehow makes it work where um you know, you get the, the great stuff where Indy's like, oh, yeah, there's there's a picture of the, the Ark in this book. And they're like, what's that coming from the Ark? And he's like, I don't know, it's uh, flame, fire, power of God or something, which sets up this great motif where none of these movies have a traditional character arc, I would say. But the, the sort of motif is always Indiana being like, oh, this is just an artifact. I don't believe that there's a greater um, power or significance to these things. And usually by the end of the movie, it's revealed that no, in fact, it does. Um, and so you get that in that scene and even when um, Marcus is sort of talking about the Ark and what it could potentially do and destroy people and stuff like that you get the little tease of the um, John Williams music that's going to play in the climactic moment at the end there and it's just so well done Um, yeah Marion's great Um, uh, of course the iconic scene of you know famously Harrison Ford was ill and then he didn't want to do this big fight scene with the guy so he's like can I just pull out the gun and shoot him which I, I think, you know, it works for as a comedic joke for that scene. But again, it ties to Indy's everyman aesthetic that you were talking about, where it's like, no, if he can just take care of this in one second, he doesn't feel the need to have to prove something with always a, a knuckle drag, you know, draw out fight. Um, but sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Uh, just about where you were talking about uh, the slow scenes that still are paced really well. The, the scene kind of where um, 
Indy and, and Belloc are, are talking in Cairo. And, and then I, that might've been after he thought Marion died. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but there's a scene where they're just like in a bar talking and Indy's like, all right, I'm going to kill you now. And then all of the, the people in Cairo turn around and start pointing guns at him. And Belloc's like, mm, no, you're not. No, it's 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 just really great and really well done. Like I said, um, I th- I think for this movie, my favorite set piece is just the Indy fighting his way along along the convoy. I mean, just the the famous shot of him getting dragged behind the truck is so great. He gets like shot in the shoulder and punched a couple times, but he's still finding ways to. Even when he gets thrown out the trunk the front way, he goes you know around the back and then kicks the guy through the side of the cab. It's just such a well done way of telling a story and showing us things about this character through action, which is always nice. Um, and then of course, you know, there's this thing that I've seen more people talking about on social media too, where, um, the end of this movie introduces this idea of Spielberg where like, these are not scary movies by nature at all, but there are scary moments. And and the scene where the arc is opened is just such a great, um, twist of fate because you're thinking it's going to be a very like james bondish thing where oh indy's gonna slip his bonds and like grab like a you know a machine gun or something and take out all these nazis by himself or something surely has to happen like that and it's like nope the arc just destroys literally everything like the nazis the camera equipment everything in sight and that that john williams piece of music is like (laughs) horrifying and epic in all the best ways and i forget if my parents let me watch that scene the first time i watched the movie but like i definitely remember it leaving an impression on my my young mind and just thinking about it there's like always that you're right that it's not a horror movie but like every movie has like a horror scene in it like you know raiders has the the face melting Temple of Doom has the the flaming heart type of thing. Uh, Last Crusade has uh, uh, Walter Donovan's face like aging instantly, and then uh, Crystal Skull has uh, Kate Blanchett's eyes exploding. Yeah, there's just always these one little moments where it's like it's like it's like Spielberg doesn't really want to make a straight up horror movie, but he just has like that like ooh, that would be fun if I could get this one little piece of something spooky in here. Yeah, because because Hasbro has has just recently started making Indiana Jones figures again, and they made an alternate head for the guy whose face melted with the melted face, and it's so funny to look at, but. You're kind of like, dang, they made that into a toy. That's kind of scary. Well, it's an interesting thing because when you look at the, because I've seen like the toys and the figures like that. And it's when you, when you examine that moment in isolation, it can seem kind of campy and the effect, the effect doesn't look photo real. Right. But it, but in, mm-hmm. in the moment, in the edit, when, especially when you first watch it and you don't know what's going to happen with the music and everything, I think it works completely, totally fine. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely eighties effects. And you like you can tell, mm-hmm. but like you said, it works in the movie because um, kind of the the realism of the movie as you're watching it, you're like, okay, well, everything in here looks real. It's got that really grainy, used feeling to it. Not kind of like the kind of the the squeaky cleanness of modern movies even when they try and be dirty you're like okay well that's you know that's cgi or that's um touched up in the edit with cgi the whole movie 
and it, it's really noticeable with explosions mm-hmm. when you when you see like a real explosion and a fake explosion because you have the scene in the movie with the uh, the German mechanic. Yeah. Um, and they blow the plane up after yeah. that. You're like, that's a real explosion. A hundred percent it is. Um, which is another great scene from the movie with Indy just like getting the crap beat out of him by this German mechanic. And then that little bit of horror where they they don't show it, but sometimes it being implied is worse where you just kind of hear the scream and the blood splatters the side of the wing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's so great. And yeah, I, I just love that. You know, obviously, there it's there's fun to be had in the movies like you know John Wick and stuff like that, where um, you have these these long fight scenes where the protagonist is just owning everybody and doesn't get hurt. But I do what I love about Indy's charm is that like his fighting style is not super finessed and it, it's just like boxing and pure determination. But he he gets as many hits as he delivers in, in all of his yeah. fight scenes in this franchise, and I think that's what makes him one of the things that makes him so easy to root for, even when he is kind of a grumpy, gruff character is that he does get beat up, but he finds ways to sort of persevere through it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, if we, if we don't have any more big thoughts to say about Raiders, um, I mean, I know, I know I could talk about this movie, you know, for two hours, mm-hmm. but I think in a macro scale, that that's sort of everything I feel about this movie. When people ask me like, what's your favorite action adventure? I always usually say it's, it's Raiders and um, the first back to the future are like, two perfect adventure blockbusters yeah Yeah, Um, those are good ones both 80s movies too yeah yeah the 80s were were fun times for for the action blockbuster but um yeah joseph if you're good uh on on this one let's go ahead and move on to temple of doom that's fine with me all right so yeah temple of doom the 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 sequel but also um, it is it is a prequel, in fact, to Raiders. Some people, you know, still still don't know that this is actually set one year before the events of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, and here we find the most divisive entry, I think, of the entire franchise. I, I think if you ask people, everybody sort of agrees that like, it, it, even if it's not their favorite, Raiders and Last Crusade are like really good, and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is like kind of meh, and then Temple of Doom. I, I feel like I meet just as many people who are like, it's my least favorite. I hate it. And uh, just as many people also saying like, no, it's so weird and awesome. I love it. It's my favorite of the franchise. Um, so talk to me a little bit, Joseph, about your relationship to Temple of Doom. It's not my favorite of the franchise, but it is weird and I love it. <laughs> um, I mean, it nestles into the number three slot for me. <clears throat> I like it more than um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, Temple of Doom's the one I've watched most recently. And as I was watching it, it, it kind of had that same feel of Raiders of like, there's no wasted time in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just kind of fly through Temple of Doom. It's got some interesting action pieces too. You look at the beginning of the movie where um, they have the the shootout in like the nightclub, uh, Club Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And Indiana Jones is like running behind this big round piece of metal and jumps out and then short round drives away. Um, you have not my favorite, but a great piece of Indiana Jones music with the, uh, the, I can't remember if it's parade of the slave children or escape of the slave children. Uh, but just kind of the, the theme that you hear throughout the movie. Um, that's really good. Mola Ram is really, really weird. The, the thuggy are really weird. The, you know, they've got the, the strange rituals where they pull people's hearts out and drop them into a, like a volcano. <laughs> uh, 
Um, you've got a great chase scene with the mine cars. Um, the scene on the bridge, you know, it's the weirdness does kind of bring it down from, from Raiders and last crusade for me, but also it's kind of endearing Mm -hmm. in a way where you're like, I don't really know what's going on here, but I kind of like it. Uh, we talked about temple of doom recently too, where, uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were both going through divorces while they were making it. And you're like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, Uh, once you realize that you're like, Oh, that's why like the villains of the movie are literally ripping people's hearts out and literally setting them on fire. Like like, that's not a hidden uh, symbolism there. Like, Oh, the villains of this movie are like demon possessed almost. (laughs) Um, But it's interesting. And you also get kind of a look at a different, culture than you normally get in indiana jones because everybody's always like indiana jones has to fight nazis and in the second movie he's fighting like weird cult members Mm -hmm. uh which still kind of fits with the the indiana jones heroic type of thing um but yeah i i enjoy temple of doom for what it is and if you look at kind of how indiana jones was made in the like the old school serial type of way, it makes a lot of sense because it's just, it's totally disconnected from Raiders except for the one callback with the, uh, with the pistol mm-hmm. uh, and the swords where he doesn't have his, um, he doesn't have his revolver, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense as a callback in that case. But uh, it's a fun movie. It's like, right at two hours long. So you sit down, you watch it and I've never had a bad time watching temple of doom. So Mm -hmm. I have a fondness for it. Not as much as the other two of the original three. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Um, I mean, as a, as a kid, I I didn't like it because, because the movie frightened me straight up. Like, um, the, the fact that people were having their hearts ripped out and stuff like scared me. And so I didn't watch it as much as a kid as I've gotten older. And now that it's on Disney plus and watching it, um, like I'm with you. I'm like, yeah, it's not my favorite, but I, I, I respect how in its own lane that it is. I mean, I, I genuinely love this Spielberg. It's like, I'm just going to open this with a full on musical number. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we wouldn't get to see him do a full on musical tell West side story, but, but he shows like clearly that he had a, a desire to explore that, that genre of entertainment, with that scene. And I think that's so well done and everything about that set piece. I really like, um, one of the advantages I do think of the prequel and the darker tone is I like that in, in the rest of the movies, Indies, this very, like things belong in museums. We need to preserve history in this, in temple of doom. He's kind of more of like, no, I want to get paid for, you know, finding artifacts and stuff that he's sort of trying to make this deal with, um, a couple of gangsters at the opening of temple of doom. And I like that he has sort of this, more gruff, uh, ruthless vibe about him. I, I like that it separates it from the rest of the saga. Um, and, and no, everything about that scene I think is great. Um, you have the great moment where like he's hiding behind the gong and then he like chops it down and he and Willie like run out the window and like the bullets are making a weird sound as it's rolling alongside them and then they jump out the window. Um, and we're introduced to, you know, Short Round played by Kihi Kwan yeah. who's had this this great resurgence um, deserved from everything everywhere all at once. And um Yes, this movie's super dark, but there's a lot of great fun moments too. Like, you know, when they're, I love when they're playing poker in the jungle and Willie's freaking out about all the animals and they're just yelling at each other about who's cheating at cards. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there, there's so many great things. Uh, 
<laughs> we'll, we'll uh we'll be at work sometimes and and someone will say something and and one of us will just randomly go like dr jones dr jones you don't call him indiana you call him dr jones yes and because because you know i haven't met it even people that don't like temple of doom i haven't met anybody that dislikes short round nope doesn't doesn't happen can't convince me that it exists um no that seems great uh i love i love the the great little gag where you know, they, they've survived the club and Indiana laughs and he's like, nice try, Laoshe. And then it's revealed that it's Laoshe Airlines. Like, just mm, yep. perfect. Um, there, there is the scene. We'll keep it We'll keep it PG, but the, the scene where Indy and Willie are, like, trying to bait each other in the, um, in the palace as an adult is actually hilarious. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when you're a kid, you're like, what are they doing? Yeah. And then you're like, oh. Then you remember who Indiana Jones is, right? Uh, but then, but then it turns into like this weird action scene where he's fighting the the thuggy guy in the middle of the room, and um, and then he runs into her. It's a really it's just speaking of the humor of it. He runs into her room to find um, if there's anybody in there, and she's like. Well, you finally showed up, and he's like, "I'm doing something totally different right now." <laughs> you just sit tight. Yeah, he's like, "I'm on a totally different track." Um, no, and that leads to one of my other favorite um, line deliveries that, like, my family and I shout at each other uh, randomly sometimes. Where he and Shorrand are trapped, and the, the spikes are coming down from the ceiling, and they're trying to get Willie to activate the mechanism, and, and he just goes, "We are going to die," and he just says it in such a yeah. exaggerated way with a exaggerated look on his face that's so perfect and makes me laugh so hard every single time i watch that movie um and then you have then you have the flip side of of that where it's still humorous where short round gets out the other side and willie leans back up against the button yeah it's and short round has to save him again so it's just it's got a lot of dark stuff in it but you're right there is a lot of just actual humor in the movie and yeah. then you get to like the middle of the movie and start finding out that there's like child slavery going on and then it's not really funny anymore. No, but um I will say even though it freaked me out as a kid, I do the production design on the Temple of Doom is so unique and so cool. Like mm-hmm. it I think it's one of the the coolest sets and um I was actually watching a video today how they pulled off that you know, ginormous minecart chase back in the eighties is wild. Cause it's part of it is the three of them on a blue screen. And then part of it, they actually built in miniature and they had like little paper dolls that were, you know, replications of the characters. And they did it in a, like a track behind Disneyland and just like, it was just a loop of track. And the way they would change the location was they would just change the lighting setups to make it look longer and different. And I'm just like, man, like it was so cool before, like you could just plug things into a computer, like the, the things that creatives would have to MacGyver to make all that work. Um, yeah. And, and I'm a mark for like mine car chases because at Disney world, I love Thunder Mountain Railroad. mm -hmm. Uh, the new Snow White ride is like the, the mine cart thing down where the, the seven dwarves, uh, mine. And that was a really fun ride. Uh, so yeah, I, I love the, the chase scene in this one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's really great. And, and yeah, no, the, the final thing of, you know, he's, he's surrounded on both sides of the bridge and he's just like, 
okay, like, I'm just going to chop this bridge in half and, you know, hopefully Short Round and Willie and I are paying attention enough that we can hang on, that it, that it works. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I love that he outsmarts the villain by just activating the stones and, you know, he tries to grab one of them and just falls down a rock and is eaten by alligators. You know, sometimes you just want your villains to, to be eaten by alligators. What can I say? Yep, and another great line from Short Round in that scene. Hold on, lady, we're going for a ride. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, Ki Kwan, just so happy that he's back. Um, yeah, I would, I would love to see him. I don't know if he's in Dial of Destiny or not as like a cameo. I don't think he is, but it would be great if he was there. And if they wanted to continue the franchise, like on Disney Plus or something, they talked about doing the the Abner Ravenwood series, and I'm kind of like, no, I would much rather have short round. <laughs> Yeah, if Kihi Kwan is down for it and and genuinely wants to do it and they can find a good script, absolutely. Would would love to see that character again. Well, everything he said is that he would love to come back. Perfect. Perfect, um, perfect. I'd love to see him back and you and it's been kind of sweet too to see with his career resurgence how uh friendly and supportive he and Harrison Ford seem to be of each other. Mhm. Cuz Harrison Ford is is kind of a grumpy guy. But every time he sees, I can't pronounce his name, but I, I'll say Key. Key. Every time they see each other, they're both just so excited to see each other, which you don't really see from Harrison Ford that often. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 really heartwarming stuff, and it was great that um, Harrison Ford was the one presenting Best Picture. So when everything, everywhere, all at once, one, you know, Key, he Kwan, and yep. him were able to have that moment on stage. Um, no, it, it was it was it's yeah. really cool and to see that, that friendship. That, that obviously wasn't planned. Of course obviously, not. Of course not. That was just a coincidence. Obviously, obviously, obviously. Um, I think that's all I have to say on Temple of Doom. Do you have any last minute thoughts you want to say, Joseph, before we get into the Last Crusade here? Uh, no, I'm good. Uh, Temple of Doom, fun movie, not the best, but I have a good time with it. Yeah, well, then if that's the case, let's go on to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, This movie famously, Spielberg, I I don't want to say he straight up didn't want to do, but this one he said he made sort of as as an apology for the the darkness of uh, Temple of Doom. Because famously, as we talked about, you know, he and Lucas were in this dark place and it, you know, made that movie darker than they intended. Um, famously, that movie, along with Gremlins, I believe, were the two movies that led to the creation of the PG-13 rating. Um, yep. And so Stephen was like, you know, I, I feel like I owe people, you know, one last earnest, fun, lighthearted Indiana Jones adventure closer tonally to, to Raiders. And I think um, I think he succeeded um, with The Last Crusade. So, so tell me what you think about this uh, third entry in the series, Joseph. The third entry, Last Crusade, is my favorite of the movies. Um, I think if you look at Raiders, Raiders is probably a better movie, but I just have a lot of fun with the father-son dynamic of uh, of Last Crusade, and, and you, it kind of goes along with the a little bit of the theme of like legacy and stuff, which <clears throat> they do pick up a little bit in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <clears throat> But it, it's really fun to see Sean Connery in this like kind of serious but still really campy role as as uh, Henry Sr. You know, I think about the scene on the beach where he's just like uh, 
shooing the birds with his umbrella and that somehow destroys a plane. Uh, you've got the scene where they drive through the tunnel and the plane follows them and they're just like looking at each other. Uh, but it's really heartwarming kind of seeing this really cold relationship between Indy and his dad kind of be uh, renewed. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you've got Nazis back. And like we said earlier, everybody hates Nazis. Uh, so it's cool to see them fighting the Nazis again. Uh, again, great action set pieces in the movie. You've got... Uh, the train scene at the beginning with young Indiana Jones. Uh, you've got the Venice boat chase. You've got the three trials at the end of the movie. You've got the tank battle. Um, all the great ha- hallmarks of an Indiana Jones movie. The motorcycle chase uh, in the middle of the movie. Just so many fun things. And it's kind of getting back to that globe trotting adventure where they. Uh, <clears throat> You know, the movie starts in like Arizona and in the, or it might be New Mexico for the young Indiana Jones sequence. Then he's on a boat and then he's at the college. Then he goes to Venice. Then he's in uh, Egypt and, and, and everywhere. And he's jumping all over the place, which I think is another hallmark of the Indiana Jones movies of just, he goes here on a mission. Oh, and then he goes here. Then he goes here. Then he goes here. And it's a fun, heartwarming movie. Uh, interesting with the artifacts again, playing into some of the crusades uh, and kind of blurring the lines between uh, history and legend. Obviously you have the grail Knight at the end. Um, they don't really get into a whole lot of exposition of like, why does the grail give you eternal life? Uh, well, it doesn't really, but uh, it'll just help you out. Also, don't cross the seal. Uh, just these weird rules, but they kind of work for the story, kind of the archaeological mythology-ish of the story. Um, I don't think the villains in this one were, were all that compelling, but it didn't need to be because the, the, uh, the relationship between Indy and his dad is really what the movie turns on. Yeah. And then, of course... Sorry to cut you off, but this no, will be good. the last thing to say. They ride off into the sunset. It's literally the perfect ending. It, it really is. No, um, yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. Um, I've always liked this movie. This this is the one that I've watched most recently. I just rewatched it with my mom and dad the other night, and and this time, but like I realized the three of us watching it this time, we laughed like so much throughout so much of this movie. And I turned to them at the end and I'm like, is this one of the greatest buddy comedies ever made? Because I, th- I think it is between, you know, with, with Indiana and his dad. There's just so many great things where, you know, they, they have the great thing um, where there's like they're um, running away from the plane in the car. And Henry goes like, oh, that doesn't get any closer than that. And then instantly, like the plane drops a bomb and they crash the car into a crater and just stuff like that's yep. happening throughout the movie the whole time. Um, you get the scene in the fireplace with them. Yes, and they're just going round and around and around, and it's like borderline Looney Tunes logic, but it somehow still works within this tone and atmosphere that Spielberg and Lucas created. Um, I I love the opening to this movie so much. It's one of my favorite like movie openings ever because somebody was tweeting about this the other day where if they were doing 
you know, the last crusade now, like Indiana Jones's origin would be its own movie, or it would be like these very dramatic extended flashbacks of like, Oh, here's where he got the fedora and here's where he got the whip. And, and people say like, what makes this feel so different from those origin stories is like, it's treated so lightheartedly. Like, no, he's scared of snakes. Cause he was climbing on top of a train and fell into a snake pit. Like he, he, you know, tried to use a whip against a line and he whipped his chin and like, he got the fedora just from a guy who, you know, was trying to get an artifact back from him that he earned the respect of. It's just all very quick, lighthearted, but also sincere at the same time. And I just, I love those opening 10 minutes um, so it's, much. Just great John Williams music too, punctuating everything. Um, it's like the uh, the beginning of the movie is like the anti-Solo. Yes. You know, if you look at Solo as the movie, you're like, oh, they, they stretched out Han Solo's entire origin into a movie. Like what you were saying, if they made it now, it would be you know, Indiana Jones origins or whatever it'd be called. And there'd be these like hugely formative events that happen where he gets the hat and it would really fall flat. And here it's just like, Oh yeah, kid. Um, here's a hat. Sorry you lost buddy. <laughs> Which yeah. is almost exactly what the guy says to him. Right. Um, no, it's, it's so it, good. It's, um, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, like you said, I think the reason I'm appreciating the movie as I get older is I'm able to appreciate the, the father son dynamic that, like you said, is sort of yeah. the emotional weight bearing of the whole movie. Cause, um, throughout the, re- the other movies, you see Indy as this gruff and very confident and in command and take charge and tells people what to do guy. And I, I love that the instant he sees his father again, and when he's trying to rescue him in that castle and he gets hit over the head with the vase and Henry's like junior, he instantly stands up and he's like, yes, sir. And he's very like nervous all of a sudden. And you just see this whole new side of Indiana. And I think you can tell Harrison's having so much fun playing off of, you know, Sean Connery, James Bond, like, and actually having somebody to have that give and take relationship with. Um, no, I love that scene for the two of them. I, the, the scene on the blimp is so great where, um, you know, like Indiana's like saying like, Oh, like we haven't had a drink in you know, ever together because we haven't talked in 20 years. And Henry Jones is like, fine, what do you want to talk about? And then Indiana's like, well, I can't think of anything on the spot. And Henry's like, then why are you complaining? Like, you know, I, I didn't tell you to do your homework or, you know, wash your ears. I respected your privacy and taught you self-reliance. And Indiana's like, but yeah, but then I didn't trust anybody for like the other, you know, 30, 40 years of my life. I think I think having just this sincere father-son reconnecting story in the backdrop of, a, of an adventure movie was a really clever thing that, from my understanding, was that was Spielberg's main contribution story-wise to the movie like um george lucas mainly laid out the laid out the grail quest stuff but spielberg wanted the father-son um thing to be sort of the emotional core and it is interesting too looking at at uh henry senior how he's like a historian and then indiana jones is like hey i'm gonna do that but cooler yeah um and it's been interesting too watching the young indiana jones show of that really strained relationship build um, between them because the the first part of the show you can kind of see the seeds of that being planted even though Indiana Jones's mom is still alive in the early episodes there's a bit of a time jump to where he's uh, 16 or 17 years old where his mom has passed away at that point and the two of them just even when they're like together they just kind of move past each other uh, mm. they, they don't really interact a lot 
Um, young Henry Sr., played by the guy who played Elendil in Rings of Power. So that's been great, and he's Ooh. been awesome. Uh, he hasn't been in the show a whole lot, but uh, he's been pretty good when he has been. Um, but it's just interesting to, to look at that and even set more context to that movie of, all right, why are these guys so kind of at each other's throats for part of the movie? And then, of course, the, the payoff at the end is the scene where uh, Henry Sr. finally calls him Indiana, and they have this like understanding between them finally. Um, and it's where the first he, like, time. he recognizes his son for who he's being. Right. Um, and not just being Henry Jr. living in his dad's shadow. Well, it's the first time that we've ever seen Indiana sort of not, not abandon, I guess, but sort of abandon a quest, right? Because, you know, every movie ends with him either securing an artifact or returning an artifact somewhere. But here, you know, Henry asks him, like, hey, like, let it go and just take my hand and get out of here. And, you know, it's presumably just swallowed up into the earth um, and, and it's gone. Um, and that's and the I first think, time we see that. I think the important part of that, too, is is uh, when when he tells him to let it go. Indy's remembering, like, this is his dad's life life's work that he's just telling Indy to say, like, hey we're back together. So let's just, let's just leave and go home. Yeah. And I think that's, I think last crusade is probably the most development we see in Indiana Jones. hundred um, percent. Maybe crystal skull a little bit with the stuff with mutt, but even that is built off of the relationship that Indy had with his dad. They, they kind of flip it the other direction. Um, but yeah, really great time with last crusade fun movie yeah no it's it's great I, I love the like you said the venice the, the whole venice sequence where you know they set it up early where indiana jones is like x never marks the spot and then he like looks at the roman numerals in the library and he's like oh there's an x on the floor and he's like huh x marks the spot um and that leads to the great boat chase where he's interrogating the guys the giant propellers cutting the back of the boat in half um and and, and yeah um you know everything with the castle you have uh indiana's ridiculous scottish accent where he's like we're here to look at the tapestries and i'm drenched in the rain um no i uh yeah i i think really it just depends on um if i'm in a more action heavy mood i i rewatch raiders but if i'm in more of a balance of action and and comedy and character stuff i i tend to lean towards the last crusade um they're, they're really a one you know one a one b for me um when it comes to this franchise um but, but yeah, no, I love it. And I know we didn't talk about it a bunch, but obviously the stuff with the actual trials, I think is well done where you're, where mm-hmm. you're, cr- you're cutting between Indiana figuring stuff out and, and Henry trying to like, you know, telepathically almost communicate with his son. Like, remember this. And it's yep. like, no, Jehovah begins with an I in the Latin alphabet. And then you see Indy step on the wrong tile and he's like, idiot, it begins with an I. Um, it, yep. it just works so well. And it shows kind of the similarities of them because they're both figuring it out as they go along. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think too, that's another strength of the movie that it can balance the comedy, but then those that all three of those trials are really tense scenes at the end. Uh, and you're already coming off of the, the tank sequence. Yeah. But it doesn't do it in a way that's not believable. No, where, you know, sometimes not. I think this is a problem that the Marvel movies are starting to have where they have 
tension that isn't allowed to kind of sit. They just kind of cut it up with a joke immediately. Um, which I think James Gunn has done the best at recently in a Marvel movie of, of being able to balance the, the comedy and the tension, but this one does it really well where they can kind of go back and forth. Cause you're, you're sitting there watching the movie and you're like, is he going to get the grail in time to, to go save his dad? I mean, what's going Is he going to fall off into this abyss? What, what happens? And then they have the great shot of him stepping out onto the little invisible bridge and such um, a great shot. So cool. Yep. So those trials at the end are, are great. Um, and then, like I said, they ride off into the sunset. They do. They do. Um, no, uh, people have sort of talked about that. It's it's sort of ironic that of the five Indiana Jones movies that exist, three of them were written as a uh, farewells of the character. Um, yeah, so pretty sp- much. Speaking of, um, if you're ready, we can move on here to uh, our final movie with the uh, Crystal Skull. Yay! <laughs> yeah. So, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, is is a very interesting movie to to look at now because nowadays there there's all these movies being made where it's like hey a returning character from a franchise that's been kind of dormant for several years um is coming back for one more for one more ride and and it's sort of handing the torch to a younger character you know force awakens top gun maverick but crystal skull sort of did that before this was really a trend so i think it's fascinating to look at the movie that way um Obviously, I, I don't think this is, or, or I, I'm not going to say this isn't anyone's, but it's very few people's favorite uh, Indiana Jones adventure. I only got partway through on my rewatch on this one, but I, I will say I do really like aspects of this movie quite a lot. I think the opening set piece in the warehouse where he's helping them find the the casket remains with like the gunpowder leading the metallic mm-hmm. um, cloud is really cool. There's that great gag where like they actually referenced for once that Indiana's getting older, where he like tries to swing onto the truck and he's like, dang, I thought that was closer. Um, and I, I actually really like the chase scene where um, when he first meets up with mud and the, the Russian yep. KGB agents come after them and there's that prolonged motorcycle chase that goes sort of through town and through a uh, anti-communism protest all the way into the school library. And they do the giant motorcycle slide. And then it ends with a kid asking Dr. Jones. It's like, oh, I'm not sure I understand this uh, academics model of discovery or whatever. And Indiana's like, no, nah, you gotta, gotta get out of your library. You can't be in the library all the time. And he's saying that as he's riding off on a motorcycle, it, it's just, yep. it's just great. Um, yeah, yeah. It does I not have the magic been... of the other three, but I think there's still a lot of fun to be had with crystal skull. Yeah, I think if you look at most of maybe the first third to half of the movie, it's it's all right. Obviously, you have the scene, the two scenes that everybody talks about: the the groundhog at the beginning, the mm-hmm. CGI groundhog, and the fridge. Mm-hmm. Oh, the fridge! The fridge is rough. I think even if you look at some of the other scenes in the first part of the movie, the the kind of the graveyard scene. Uh, is is not bad. Um, Mutt as a character, I think, is compelling. Yes. Um, especially when you see Indy's kind of conflicting beliefs about him from before he knew he was his son to after he knew he was his son. <laughs> yeah, because you have um, that great moment where at the beginning of the movie um mutt's like yeah i want to fix motorcycles and i don't want to i don't want to go to college and um indy's like hey if that's what you want to do like live your life don't let anybody tell you different and then like the minute he learns that he's his son he's like then why the heck did you let him drop out of school like 
Yeah. I think, I think once you get into the second half of the movie though, you've got, I thought the Russians were a decent idea for a villain. You know, it's in the fifties, it's in the cold war. So it makes sense that it would be Russians. They have these like weird giant tree cutting trucks in the jungle. Everybody talks about mutt swinging with the monkeys. Um, I don't particularly find the crystal skull to be a great artifact. Um, especially the reveal that they're interdimensional beings and, and, and stuff, which, you know, is kind of understandable with an Indiana Jones movie is kind of not. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're about to get a Indiana Jones time travel movie, which I'm kind of cautious about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the first half is, is okay. Even the first half is still to me, the weakest Indiana Jones, but the second half just, I don't know. It, it was nice to see Marion back, but they kind of, I don't know. I think they kind of dropped the ball with the, the aliens. And I mean, I know why they did it. You know, George Lucas talks about wanting to, to pay some tribute to like the, the fifties B movies, the alien movies, you know, uh, war of the worlds type of thing. But just, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't really work for me. Yeah, I agree. For some reason, even though a lot of the stuff in the, the franchise is arguably fantastical, the, the aliens, it seems to be a jump um, for, for most people. Um, And yeah, I don't, I don't like to like nitpick stuff like this, but it definitely is a thing where considering how much we've talked about how like gorgeous the sunsets are and the sets and the action set pieces are in the, the the first three, um, this movie does for me suffer from that, that, that specific era from like 2008 to 2012, where we're like, Oh, we can just do CGI on everything now. And it has that weird, overexposed just overly clean sterile look instead of the the film grain that the other ones have and it just it the the movie looks it doesn't look bad but it just looks so over polished that it looks fake to me and i think that's part of the reason i can't fully invest in the adventure it's like why does everything look orange yeah yeah no i but i yeah i agree i i think there's there's some fun stuff in the beginning um yeah i I think the the idea of the mud character and his relationship to indy is actually played out really well you get the great gag with marion and mud and indy where like he's in the the sand trap and they have to give him the snake and he's like i can't i can't pull on the snake to get out if you call it that you got to call it a rope or something um and and you know i i don't love the the mud um swinging on the vine thing but i do appreciate you know, the sword fight between the two trucks and they're like trying to stab the, the bag, that the skulls in and moving that back and forth. That feels very Spielberg action design. Um, and, and, you know, going back to the, the horror motif, I, I do think the, even though they're very obviously CGI, I do think the ants going into the Russian guy as he and Indy are fighting are, is a, is a nice sort of Spielberg horror touch. Yeah. I forgot about that piece of horror when I was remembering, uh, arena Spalko's, eyes exploding yeah um but i mean it's nowhere near the worst movie ever it's just it's it it lies in that that wasn't great type of uh rating where you're like you know 
first three really good. I'll, I'll rewatch them a lot. This one is more like, I don't know about that one. Yeah. And definitely by no means is it Rise of Skywalker as what, well, you know, it was supposed to be a wrap up to the franchise. It is nowhere near as bad mm-hmm. as Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, if you don't have anything more to say about Crystal Skull specifically, um, I think we can sort of lead into our final thoughts on sort of the, the franchise and any sort of just closing general remarks we have. Yeah, that's fine with me. All right, let's do it. So I'm going to I'm gonna add a little bit of an amendment here to what we talked about. Um, if I can put you on the spot, can you name me your favorite piece of John Williams music from, from any of the movies? And can you name me your favorite action scene from any of the movies? Favorite John Williams music, without a doubt, The Map Room Dawn from mm. Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's a great uh, pick. It, it, it plays up kind of the mystery that you see in Indiana Jones movies. Um, it's like a, a mystical type of thing, but you're also, you've got that sense of discovery in it. So The Map Room Dawn is my favorite piece of music from the movies. Favorite action set piece... Let's see the, uh, you know, obviously we talked about the, the rail, the minecart scene. Um, hmm. What do we think? I think for now I'll go with the minecart scene. Mm. That one was pretty good. Great pick. Great pick. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough to choose between all those things. Um, for for my part, I think for the musical score, I actually got to go with. I I think this is the one that I'm thinking of. I think it's called "The Penitent Man Will Pass" from the Last Crusade, and I think that's mm-hmm. the piece that plays when he's going across the bridge. Yeah. Um, and I I think that's just such a. It reminds me of my one of my favorite pieces of music from Star Wars. It reminds me of in terms of emotional feel the the Yoda lifting the X wing out of the swamp on Dagobah. It's just like mm-hmm. this thing of like oh this person doesn't think this thing can happen and it's not possible and then the score just gets dramatic and operatic and weirdly emotional yeah. and hopeful and i think i think that just fits that moment and fits indy's journey at that point where he he doesn't know like what what the grail is or what it can actually do but he he chooses to believe because it's the thing that's going to help his dad and i think it just punctuates that moment so well and that reveal that the bridge is there is so cool um and then for action scene you know, I, I've talked about it so much today. I got, I think I got to go with the, the big truck convoy thing from the first one. Um, I think it just sets up who Indy is as a character so well. His ingenuity to, um, you know, use the whip under the truck and just, you know, he always is getting beaten up and thrown out of the car and stuff like that. Or people are messing with his wounds and he just keep fights his way up to the truck and, you know, running other cars off the road. And I think it just works so well. Um, and, and it's sort of a microcosm of everything you love about that character in one one big set piece favorite side character from the movies Ooh, let's do that real quick i mean i think for me it has to be short round i think that's what i'm gonna have to say too just short round is great but but like honestly like sala has to be a a very close number two he's such a he's such a good like bro throughout the whole movies i'm so happy they're bringing him back for a dial of destiny as well yeah He's probably only going to be in it for like two minutes, but it'll be great to see him. It'll still be fun. I'll still be happy. Well, Joseph, if you don't have anything else to add, I think that's going to wrap up our uh, conversation here today. Um, 
thank you for taking the time. I, you know, I think it's clear that we both really love these movies and have a lot of fondness for them. And, you know, you and I were talking before we got started here, there's been some sort of mixed reviews for, for Dial of Destiny, but I'm, but I'm still um, holding out some optimism that it's going to be a great final ride for the character. I think Harrison, since he knew it was for sure going to be his last one, seems like he put a lot of himself into this one. Um, James Mangold has impressed me with most of his directorial efforts, not just in, you know, Logan, but also, um, you know, he's done Westerns like 310 to Yuma, even the Wolverine, um, has a lot of great moments in it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, and Ford B. Ferrari was actually one of my favorite blockbusters from 2019. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what we have cooked up for Indy's last adventure here. Yep. I am too. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Um, be sure to check up and keep those podcast feeds refreshed because we got more stuff coming your way. I believe sometime in the near future, you're going to hear hopefully all three of us or some portion of us talking about Secret of Invasion now that that's uh, streaming. And, you know, in the, in the weeks, you'll hear other stuff as we sort of continue the uh, summer blockbuster movie season. So thank you all for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>